0: you're listening to kicking it with jason all right it's kicking it with jason got my friend adam here he's also host of heroes for sale he does some of the best sports card content that i've seen um i learned a lot from him i still learn a lot from him i was listening to one of his episodes yesterday about zion because i have a zion card so i was like hey let me see his feedback on this card and he just dropped some good stuff and um yeah, man, you've been producing. You've been dropping some good knowledge. I know you're you're all over the place. Uh, you just got some content on Reddit now. I see that. Um, you got a daily podcast, or almost a day. It's almost daily, right? You're putting an episode
1: almost up every day, right? The Pretty the much. podcast the podcast is daily. I think we're we're on episode two thirty eight, and I think I think other than like three days this year since like the start of the year, there's been a daily podcast. So I've been um. Man. It's been kind of crazy that's inspirational for me who has a
0: podcast and like i would love that work ethic real quick let's spend some time on that like because you i know you just celebrated your first year of being on the podcast man what have you learned from like that consistency doing your own thing um you know talking about something you're passionate about like what's some what's some things you learned
1: about in that first year i would say just you you have to talk about something that you like um that's probably the biggest thing like Because for me, I can find, like, a topic or, like, one single nugget of a thing and turn it into a 15-minute podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's easy because I've there's – in a year, I produce 230 episodes in a 365-day span. So, like, to to talk about something that you don't like and be able to – because also, I mean, I think the other thing that happens is that you'll see is – like, some people will do, like – like interviews, and I started doing way more interviews, which I like. And that's another thing that I think is actually a lot. I want to try and do more. It's just the fact that I need to find the space and I need to find because like the timing of it. And I mean, I I think the other thing is that you shouldn't worry about like, I think audio quality does matter. So I think investing like 150 bucks in like a microphone, you can plug into your phone or however you're recording. That's I think that's a big deal. But I also think that like, you don't like the dude like i just were half the time i'm recording in my car so like i think that's another thing that like you have to first of all you have to like what you're talking about and second of all you just need to like do it and you need to get in the habit of doing it i think those are probably the two things that for the podcast at least um right. that i found over the over the last year of doing it
0: nice man nice i agree um like what you're talking about and in the habit um like, me, I love talking about fitness, kickboxing, sports cards. So I touch on all those things during my podcast. And um, I think where people can get stuck is, like, they might get caught up on the quality at first and the quantity. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just sort of just starting. Like, me, I just I just started. My first podcast was at Costco um, at a table, at a random table, getting my tires started. I just started talking. That's how I got my first episode out. And then um, I knocked out episodes on the way to SoCal to get some cards graded on a six-hour drive. I literally turned on my phone. Turn on the video and just started talking, man. It was so easy. I knocked out like, I think nine
1: episodes, just different topics, you know, just, just chatting, chatting. Yeah, that's (laughs) totally, I mean, like the first episode, I was literally just sitting in the car waiting, like my fiance was like getting her nails done or something. And I was just (laughs) like, and it's honestly, for me, it was, it was sort of of the moment, but it was sort of like I had done a podcast before, like in 2016. Like yeah. I had done like a podcast where I talked about like sports, and it was just like a random because like um, Anchor actually the app that I used, you, it it oh wait no is it Anchor? Yeah, so it was Spreaker was a podcasting app that um, was a podcasting app that you had on your phone, but then Anchor came out, and actually when Anchor first came out, so. I think – I don't remember if it was Gary Vee had talked about this or if I had just been looking into, like, podcast stuff. But when Anchor first came out, it was only – you could only record for five minutes. So, like, that's how I started – like, I started, like, it was a bunch of shows, like, so Core 4, I started a bunch of random Instagrams and, like, companies, sort of, that, like, never really got off the ground, like, so it was called Adam Speaks, because I, it was a joke that I thought was funny that I don't know if anyone even really thought was funny, but I thought it was, like, the, so then the other one was, like, the Core 4 Sports Boston, which was, I was talking about sports in Boston, and uh-huh. then, like I went on a little bit of hiatus doing the podcasting and then one random day, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do it. And I just, I just started the podcast I started recording and I just like talked about stuff that I had been posting on Instagram. And then throughout the rest of that 2019, I kind of was sporadically doing it. And then actually, I think it was spur of the moment again, like on the 3rd of January, I remember recording an episode. And then on the fourth, I recorded an episode. And then on the fifth, I recorded an episode. And I think it was like four or five days after recording them every day. I was like, I'm just going to do this every day and figure out a way to record record an episode every single day. Hmm. It's actually so, so sorry. And the, the, original kind of concept came from, I don't know if um, you have heard Russ's interview on the ask Gary V show, where he talked about um, song every day. Yeah, the song every day. And yeah, he, yeah. Well, he talked about the song every week. And then Gary Vee was like, I bet you there's going to be somebody who does a song every day called the 365 Project. And in my head, I was like, I could probably do that with the podcast. And like, exactly. for me, I think it definitely wasn't, it's not easy to talk about stuff. But once you get in the habit of it, you get better at it. And that's just kind of what the main things that I've learned from doing the podcast for a year and doing it every day since basically the start of 2020.
0: Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, that consistency, that consistency, it just, it just gets easier. You know, you just speak from the heart, speak from the truth, and um, you always got something to say, you know, like like we're about to do just right now. <laughs> just right now.
1: But yeah, congrats, exactly. congratulations, man, on that podcast. You've been killing it, man. Killing it. Thanks. I mean, it's been super, super crazy the past, like J- July. I think we hit three days in July were actually the best days we've had. daily listens which was like you know i I, I don't know i'm like i think as content creators we're like obsessed with like refreshing the stats and i i can definitely fall victim to that and like you know every couple minutes i would just refresh and go up like a couple listeners and i was like holy wow this is crazy (laughs) yeah man um
0: because the ways of people looking into sports cards right now is insane like i just see it on TikTok. i see it on instagram so i'm sure everybody's trying to find information you got new people coming on board old people older people that used to be in the game they're coming back and everybody's looking for information so um like you're you're a good resource i always i'm always telling people about your stuff and you know along with other people so yeah those numbers going up it's going to follow for sure the wave that's happening right now
1: (laughs) yeah the the uh the content actually started sort of like the the sports card stuff because when I was getting into content there really wasn't anybody like in May no like March of 2019 is when I really started going like hardcore into sports card content I had October I think of 2018 I had made some stuff but it wasn't really I wasn't taking it super seriously but like there was nobody really making sports card content so I was like I'm gonna try and fill this gap like i think slab stocks was one of the first ones and then the rest of the people that i saw that were making content were like breakers and like card shops who were doing breaks and then i mean obviously it's phenomenal to see everybody coming in and making content because it's like i don't know it's for me it's like a ton of fun so if people are having as much fun as i am making content like that's awesome. Like, and that's kind of, that's what I want, like people coming in. So, I mean, the narrative that people are coming in is kind of half and half with some people liking it, some people not liking it. Um, But I think that's kind of what it's like when you have an industry that's been around for 60 years that kind of sat in waiting, like didn't, wasn't really popping off until like the beginning of this year, probably. And even from the beginning of this year till now, it's seen exponential growth. Right. Yeah, what I, what I love
0: about your content is it's educational. You know, you can learn something and you can apply it to your strategies or investing strategies and, like, the storytelling and just what you see as a sports fan and just a card person in general. is super educational versus, like, we need all the different content. Like, you do have those people that have breakers who just say, hey, look at the card I got, look at this card I got, look, look what I collected. That's cool, too. Uh, but for me, like, I love I love to sit down and listen to an episode and be like, hey, I got this card because of this. This car is doing this. This car went from here to here. This, here's what's happening in culture. Here's what this athlete is doing. Like, that content is, like, it's it's priceless, man. And that's kind of like what I do with sports cars. Like, I like I like totally. when I talk about a sports car. I like to be like, hey, I like the brand of this player. The culture was happening. This moment in time was happening in sports. You know, like, all the storytelling
1: behind it makes it such an educational piece. So, that's what I really totally. Totally. We've also seen kind of an interesting – interesting look into like the art side of sports cards because Mm. and i i may have talked about this last time i was on but uh the art side of sports cards we're seeing like with project 2020 which is which is if your listeners don't know it's basically tops hired 20 different artists to recreate 20 of the most iconic uh baseball card rookie cards of all time so there is a set that's coming out a new card comes out or two new cards come out every 48 hours on Topps's yeah. website um yeah. and it's been one of the more popular kind of topics within the sports card industry and then actually recently Tyson Beck who is a sports designer just dropped an exclusive sports card with Jason Tatum so we're seeing and I was talking to uh hype cards about this on Instagram and he was saying that a lot of um, a lot of sports cards is moving more towards art, which is like, I totally 100% agree because like you look at big pieces of art, you look at like a Banksy or you look at like a Basquiat and like rich people own $25 million pieces of art. Like I think we're gonna, like if the person who owns the PSA 10, uh, 1952 Mickey Mantle card. That's probably like a 15 to $25 million card right now. Now there's only three of them in existence and a PSA nine sold in 2018 for $2.8 million. And that was two years ago. So I wow. would, I would think that there's probably going to be a PSA nine that sells after this trout card. Cause there's a one of one trout super Fractor rookie that's on sale at golden auctions right now. I would yeah. say after that sale, I, I could see a PSA 9 or even a PSA 10 going up on sale. Like the PSA 10, I also do think could go through like some back channels where we, it, it's, it's such an exclusive, expensive piece of history that we may not even hear about it. That's how exclusive and that's how expensive it's going to be. Like that could yeah. be also kind of crazy. That is wild When you start
0: thinking about the art because um, people are attracted to that, you know, design, look, um, and like people like you have sneakerheads, you know, sneakerheads they buy shoes based on the look and also because you know the flipping price, but also like somebody's looking at a card or a sneakerhead's looking at a card, they're gonna say, I like that card because of how it looks, I like that design, I like I like how it flares, I like how this the, the athlete looks in that card, like that's interesting. Totally. And if it's rare, like you said, Mickey Mantle, you know, one of the greatest Yankees baseball players, legends like gosh there's the the price on it and um yeah man so we we can open up because i that's we're talking about the big money right there and art we can just open up with that lebron james card you wanted to
1: talk about too which sold what was it 1.8 million it was yeah for the I, i it was so it was a rookie patch autograph i i guess i don't know it's because back then that's how they did it they were numbered to i don't know if they were numbered to the player's number but it was numbered to 23 and i forget exactly which number but apparently i was listening to a different podcast the mojo breaks podcast and the seller was talking about no the person yeah the person who sold it was talking about when they bought it i think they bought it like in 2016 for 40 grand (laughs) what And then they turned it into 1.8 million dollars, which is, it's 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 insane. And I mean, but it's also like the if you look at the percentage, like that's sort of what we've seen across the board. Like if you were buying any type of soccer cards in 2017, like that those prices now, like even last year 2018, like those prices compared to where they are now, yeah, the percentage is almost the same. And now and it's crazy that you can say 40 grand to 1.8 million but like that's sort of what the industry has done over the past three years, which, you know, I I think a lot of people say that we're in a bubble or that there it's going to collapse soon. And I don't necessarily think that it's going to collapse, but I just don't think we'll ever go back to seeing, like, I don't think we'll ever see like Lucas be $55 ever again. Like last summer you could have been buying Luca for $55. I don't think we'll ever see that again. You know, we could see, maybe vintage stuff slow down a little bit more, but, and and maybe even some modern stuff slow down, but like for a card to sell for $1.8 million, like I think we're, we almost being in the industry and being in the sports card industry, we almost take for granted, like that's insane. Like, and being in the industry, maybe, or be like for you, like you bought sports cards and you're doing research. Like we see that headline and we're like, yep, that makes sense. But like to someone who, is maybe a better or a fantasy sports player, or it doesn't do any type and just like sports for them to see that. Like that's like when we see the Patrick Mahomes contract and it's $530 million over 12 years, like that's insane, but it's like yeah. that. And that's what people, I think outside of the sports cards think about like a $1.8 million sports card selling.
0: Yeah. And um, like, how do you think, how do you think that sets the tone for the industry or something like that to happen with LeBron James still
1: playing in the league? So, yeah. you know, Like it's, what do you, what do you, how do you think that sets the tone? I mean, I think that what you just said, it sets, it sets the tone. Like it's, it's, it's going to bring people that have wealth, like not just, they don't have money from make from buying and selling sports cards. They have million dollar companies that they own that they have, or they have a billion dollar company and that they have maybe a net worth of a couple hundred million or like even a few million. They're going to look at, a Luca card that's two thousand dollars and for them two thousand dollars like that's that's nothing like they 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 go out to dinners that are two thousand dollars so like they're looking at it and it's the same for for me like i was looking at it and i was saying i go when last summer when i was buying these cards like i was saying i go to dinner and it cost me like 60 70. I can just buy this card and whether it goes up or it goes down it's still going to be pretty it's it's still going to have value but like for someone who's paying $2000 like I think we're going to see people with significant wealth coming in to the industry and paying 20 30% over what the market value is just so they can get the card because they don't they may not even necessarily understand that like let's just say Luca for example Luca's selling for $2,000, but if they want a Luca card and they saw somebody post about it, or they saw something on TV, like for example, like um, the host of the NBA show on the halftime show on TNT, I think the other night, he had some Lucas like sitting on the table on TV. Swear. So, and I, I forget his name. He's from Bleach Report. His name is Adam. I forget his last name, but he, like, if you go to Card Hops, no, no, um, Card Talk, they posted about it, but like, somebody who has wealth will look at that and say, that's cool. I want that. And they don't care that the only, they'll go to eBay. And if none of the cards are available for $2,000, but they're available for 2,500, they'll just pay 2,500. Cause they have that, they have that extra, they don't care or they don't like, even know. That's the other thing. It's like buying Jordans, right? Like, exactly. Right. That's a perfect example.
0: Yeah. Some Jordans are just so rare, but they're like, you know, Drake, if he's like, I want those shoes he's gonna find exactly
1: so. yeah it's like an off-white virgil ablo nike collab or something drops and somebody who has millions of dollars and they may even have millions of dollars of expendable income it may not like they're gonna look at that and say um i want that like they might yeah. look at like um and i don't even think they'll, that i think luca's on the low end for them like i think for them they're gonna look at like a zion uh a zion nt rpa and that's a hundred thousand dollars and if it's sell- if it's selling for 80 but it's 100 they'll pay the 100 because they don't they don't care like yeah. they have the extra 20 20 grand to spend like it doesn't matter for them
0: exactly and um yeah one of the guys uh the sports car shop i stopped by burbank sports car shop he does some great content He was like he did this video about the crystal ball of what he sees in sports cards you know he's been in it for a long time and um, he was just like, I don't see this slowing down anytime soon. I don't see a collapse happening. There's so many young people coming in. He's like, he's like, eventually you're gonna have people like Wall Street people who are like, I need to put a portfolio together of sports cards because exactly of what's happening. Like things are growing so good. Like literally, one of my cards, the Devin Booker card, grew 787. Like
1: that's a real number, real seven exactly 80 from November. I mean, to I November. think.
0: Like I think just... also
1: for, for like rich people, they can they – can, they, they, they look at it maybe – and I don't know if you know who uh, – um, what's his name? Andrew. He's a comedian. Uh, he's from New York. Schultz. Andrew Andrew Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, Andrew Schultz. He's he, funny, dude. He, he, he has Andy. a video actually recently where he was talking about – he was like, is, is popular art just money laundering? And I watched the video and it was so funny because like he was talking about how like rich people will buy a painting for 25 like I said twenty five million dollars, and that twenty five million dollars isn't taxed by the government they don't have to worry about like paying taxes on it and, right. and if, if it just goes up in value, it goes up and they sell it like but it's always it's, it's not they don't have to worry about it so like I think that's yeah. another thing that people could look at they'll look at like an NTRPA of Zion for hundred thousand dollars they'll look at that and they'll say, I'll just put a hundred thousand dollars towards that. And then I have the actual asset and I don't, and it's not like the stock market where your stock market portfolio is getting taxed by the government, you know, yeah. granted, I think there could be some regulations coming soon. And I, I don't, I have literally no type of insider info, but it just seems yeah. like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that people know. Like, I, there's also like a thing with the FBI and some some one of the large companies that like sells cards that's going on. So like, I think that there could be regulations like maybe f- five-ish years, 10 years from now. But right now, there it's the wild, wild west. Like, nobody nobody is really kind of looking at it and saying, I can do, you can do whatever you want basically. Like that's, and that's kind of, I think an issue where like, once we see, like you said, New York people coming in and saying, well, I need to start putting together a portfolio. You know, there may be some sort of regulation that has to come down from that, but you know, I I don't know. I have no idea.
0: Yeah. Me either, man. It's just wild of what's happening. And, um, you know, all the big news, LeBron cards, Mike Trout cards selling, what's happening with Luca cards. Um, it's wild, man. So, you know, right now is the NBA bubble playoffs they are getting ready to start soon um and we just seen cards just taking off taking off taking off what's been your take man like what's what's been something you've seen I know Devin Booker's been hot um
1: I got a lot to say about that for sure but what, what have you what have you seen yeah I mean it's really it's becoming it's becoming a almost a nightly thing where somebody has a good game that maybe was like a $5 card and it's becoming a $40 card, like overnight. Like yeah. you see like bull bull, or you see like TJ Warren or you see like Devin Booker, or you see like a Damian Lillard, like all these players, just like they're going off like the TJ Warren card, especially like that, like his silver prism from 2013 or 2014. I forget exactly which year went from like, t- and actually same with bull bull. They both went from like, f- like five bucks, five, five to 10 to like 40 overnight. And I think, that's what you're going to start seeing. I think you'll start to see that more with cards. And I think it could happen. I don't know if it's going to happen in baseball, but I think in basketball for sure. Some of those like 20, like, like 2012 to 2016 rookies, like those, those players cards, those prism cards are sort of rare. Like, they're not rare in the sense that like, there aren't a lot of them, but like compared to 2018, 2017, 2019, I know I just went out of order, but uh, all the cards, like those print runs are ridiculously high. So like, I think we'll see on a daily basis, like if you see an individual player, it's going to be very similar to like daily fantasy where people are going to look at it and they'll say, like, I actually did an experiment kind of, I, I looked at some daily fantasy stats from that day and I said, I picked out three players and I picked out their rookie card and sure. I, they two, two of the three ended up selling and one of them didn't. But I think if once people get so good, like they do with daily fantasy, like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to make a lot of money from buying and selling cards in a day because of platforms like star stock or platforms like uh, my slabs or com C like, you know, I think, those types of platforms are going to, those are also the types of platforms that I think we're going to see like big investors, like of tech companies come in and they're going to invest because first of all, they have an, they have inventory, like especially like a star or Com C like they have a huge amount of inventory and they're all, it's almost like day trading for cards because like at any time you could probably find a rookie card and there's probably three or four that are all worth the same amount. And if you buy them for 30 cents, and that player goes on; and has like a triple double. Those could instantly jump up to five dollars in in a matter of hours. And I think we're yeah. going to start seeing that, like especially with the bubble and what we've seen with players in the bubble. Yeah, it uh,
0: definitely within my when, one year anniversary of buying my first card is coming up September eighteenth. My Trey Young cards, and so I like so over a year. I would say I've been looking at cards for sure, researching and like my eyes for trends have just been better. Um, I'm not a pro or nothing. Like, I, I'm still a rookie. But like you said, like, I'm so comfortable with telling people, like, watch what happens with this card. Watch what happens with this card. Watch watch this game and watch what happens. MPJ was one of those from Denver. I was telling mm. my friend, I was like, look, dude, take $25. I was like, MPJ is about to have his – he's about to come back, do his first game. Um, and he was – he had a, a lot of hype back, back. Uh, you know, before the, before the season – Got canceled for a little bit. I said, "Watch, he's gonna have, he's gonna play. If he goes off, that car is gonna shoot up. So his raw card went from like twenty five to a hundred. Yeah, the raw
1: exactly. Car. And then like exactly, his,
0: his, his prism card went from I think er, hundreds to like five hundred something now. So yeah, I was like there you have it. So crazy stuff. And and, and um, like there's players. There's players who I think their cards will fizzle off after the playoffs. You know, you talk about that a lot, the hype. Like, careful guys buying the hype, you know, because there's players – there's people that are buying players right now where they're paying way too much, I feel. But there's also players where I don't see slowing down. Luca's one of them. Like, I see Luca going to 3,000. It is going to stay there. It's just going to – that's just going to be it. Wherever Luca goes to, I feel like it's just going to – it's going to keep riding. It's going to be so sustainable. And he got ball-ball. Like, I don't feel like that's sustainable. I think that's just pure – just hype right so it's gonna go up people are excited you know there's a player that has potential and then it's gonna kind of fizzle off that's what I see what about you
1: yeah I think I mean I I think Bull Bull was like the perfect storm of like people excited that the NBA was back yeah Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was actually a player that like I saw a lot of people talking about like not in the sense like he was like – he should have been an early first-round pick, but he got hurt at the end of his college career, and he kind of dropped into the second round. So, like, right. it's, not like it's not like he wasn't good. He kind of fell out of the first round because he got hurt. It's, it's not similar – it's interesting that Denver drafts those types of players. Like, he, they take the chance on, like, the injured player. Like, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. didn't play his whole freshman year of college because he got hurt, and then he was kept out for two years because he had to get back surgery – Right. So like, granted, if he continues to play well, he was the I'm number one, player. he was based, He well, was Zion before Zion, I think is a perfect example for Michael Porter Jr. Before yeah. he got hurt, Michael Porter Jr.'s hype was the same as Zion's. Yeah. Because I was following him. I forget exactly. He played somewhere in Missouri because he was one of the first players that really I got introduced to through like the highlight films, like through like House mm-hmm. of Highlights and Overtime, like those those companies that, uh, that focus on like top high school talent. He was, he, if you go back to 2017 or 20, I guess it would have been 2016 when he was a fresh when he was a senior in high school, he was the one that was cover, he was the one that was all over all those accounts, and so like. Then he got hurt in, in college, and he was hurt the whole season. Like, he got hurt at the beginning, played in the NCAA tournament, but they got knocked out. And then he got drafted, he hurt his back, and then he was out. So, like, Michael Porter Jr. is very interesting. I mean, he's definitely risky, like, from an injury standpoint. Like a play- yeah. And then a player like Bo Bowl also kind of had that injury history kind of comes in and is like he's still good like he's just injury prone and that was kind of the reason why he wasn't one of those top rookies and then that's when you see like the perfect storm like I said he and then he has that crazy game in the scrimmage where he goes off and he scores 16 points 10 rebounds whatever it was and that, yeah, yeah. and then you see his prices kind of skyrocket yeah crazy crazy man um what's another what's another card you see take off with something else so in in, in NBA yeah in the nba in the nba i think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what the celtics do i think because in the next few years probably like i'm i'm from boston so like i'm a celtics fan and tatum tatum and brown i think are two of probably the most interesting players in the nba to me because like they they have a very similar feeling to like Shaq and Penny like when they were these this dynamic duo that was drafted 2 years in a row that kind of brought a franchise back from like the Celtics in Orlando are much different but like the Celtics were terrible when they drafted Brown and Tatum so yeah. like it'll be inter- and then, and then, and Brown just signed an extension so cool. I think Brown is actually just as interesting as Tatum uh but I think Tatum is probably going to be the star of that team it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they bring somebody else in or if they kind of stay pat because they have like Hayward, honestly, if Hayward hadn't gotten hurt, they would be a completely different team. Like they would probably be the Bucks. They'd probably be just as – probably – they'd be the best team in the league probably because they have Kemba. They've got uh, Hayward who signed that max deal. So like for me, I think the most interesting players to me are going to be Brown and Tatum just because like – the market that they have like being from boston and seeing the fans seeing how galvanizing uh, and when a team is good it is like it's like in to- like the the uh the aura not like aura but like the the feeling around boston when a team is like on a championship run is like the craziest like i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it like and especially especially with the Celtics because they they had that 2008 run with the big three and then from there this is the the crazy thing about the Celtics is that this is the team that they were trying to build so like it's going to be interesting to see if it pans out because like they traded KG and Paul Pierce to the Brooklyn Nets for like all those picks and then what ended up happening is these are the picks so like these are the players that have to pan out for this team to be good and right. then signing Hayward, it was the cra- – because they got Brad Stevens, so the coach just signed – he just signed an extension Good like coach. the other day. Good and he, yes, Yeah. I mean, every year he's been the coach. They've had a, either a better record or, like, in the past three years, I think it was very similar. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's – the team has so much potential, and this is the team that they were trying to build. So, like, I think if it pans out, that's going to be phenomenal – I don't see how it doesn't pan out in at least one or two championships. So Brown and Tatum are kind of the guys that maybe as a homer pick there, but, you know, those are the kind of guys that I'm, I'm interested in to see how they do, like if they ever become like uh, like a Luka-level type of pricing too. Right,
0: right. And not to mention, you know, like these guys did well that year. Kyrie, you guys had Kyrie. It's kind of for, you kind of forget Kyrie was on the Celtics.
1: I like, wish yeah, I could early. forget
0: Kyrie was on the Celtics. <laughs> and it's just like these guys did their thing, man. And you kinda wonder like if Kyrie would have been healthy that year, what would it? would they have gotten
1: that same shine out the gates kinda. Yeah. kinda play or like Hay thing. or like Hayward or right. Hayward doesn't break his legs five minutes into the season. Like that was yeah that was the craziest sports moment I think I can remember as watching live on TV other than like Kevin Ware during the NCAA tournament that one time where he, like he, he did the same thing, basically like on the sidelines, just like messed up his leg. And it was just, it was, it was terrible. And you know, Hayward, I think is finally getting back to a point where he, he, I don't think he's as good as he was when they started the contract, but he's as good as I think he can get. I think that's kind of how I would put it.
0: Yeah, I just wonder, like, the trauma.
1: There's some kind of trauma you have to get over from that, too, I'm sure. Yeah, like, I mean, thinking thinking that your career could be potentially over in, like, a split second has got to be pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, man, that is crazy. Yeah, one, one of the players, man, I really like who I, I – if I just had the money, I would have bought 50 of his cards as Devin Booker. And um that guy – like, I've always liked his game um, – he learned from Kobe. He has a lot of similarities of just how offensively of a shark he is, man. He's just a beast. And, um, like, I, I don't know if they'll get into the playoffs, but that's a guy who I feel is going to be solid for the next few years. I think people are, he's just been lost in Phoenix. It's just, you know, he hasn't been getting the kind of recognition. And then you have, um, you know, in, in the West, so many, there's so many good guards, Westbrook, uh, Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, you know, it's just, yeah, like, I can't even keep with Lillard, you got uh, Harden, like, there's so, so many good, good guards over there, but the league, the
1: league right now is probably the best, I think we've seen it in, like, since the 80s, probably, since, like, since Magic, since Magic and Bird were in the league, I think this is probably the best we've seen in the league, like, like, because if you look back at the teams in the 90s, they were not very good, but, like, now, I think we're really seeing, and I think we're also seeing kind of a, a changing of the guard with like the Tatums and yeah. the like uh I mean jo- John Morant is another great player like yeah. or the like Donovan Mitchells like we're seeing and Luca perfect another perfect example like younger players step up and becoming like the top 10, 10 15 10 to 15 players in the league kind of we're seeing that I think a little bit more now too.
0: Yeah man I agree that the the way the game has evolved it's it's fast it's flashy you know, a lot of threes. Um, people more creative with their footwork, creative with their
1: offensive shots. Like it's just, it's it's crazy how the game has changed, and I like it. I, I'm off totally. For like, yeah, I, I think the I think the Warriors. You know, the interesting thing that I don't think the Warriors get enough credit for is they didn't only change the game in terms of how it's played. They changed yeah. the game in terms of like contract strategy. Like they, right. cha- yeah. they like they had they had they drafted. Steph they drafted Draymond they drafted Klay Thompson and before they signed I think Klay Thompson to like a max deal they traded for a Kevin Durant they brought in a super like a top five player to play with other top five players in the league and they the Warriors owners basically said like because the thing with the cap in the NBA is you can sign players that are on your roster to whatever contract you want you just there is a cap, but when you go over the cap, you then have to pay the NBA, like the luxury Mm -hmm. tax is what it's called. You have to pay the NBA one and a half times how much you're over the cap. So they said, we'll pay that extra money because we're gonna win a championship and that extra championship revenue is going (laughs) to be worth. See, they ran it, it it, it blows my mind that they ran it so perfectly. And it really, honestly, it's how I think a team is going to, I think a team is going to trade for Devin Booker somehow. The same way that the same way that a team traded for Kevin Durant. Like, I think realistically, if, if the Warriors could have traded for Devin Booker instead of um, Anthony Wiggins, I think that would have been a better deal. Like if they, but at the same time, like Booker and uh, D'Angelo Russell are good friends. So like, I don't know how that would have worked, but I think that if, if a team can trade for Booker, they're going to figure out a way to do it because I just don't know how they're going to be able to compete. And I think he's like the perfect piece that they can yeah. add. The only problem is that he did sign like a max deal. So they're going to have to figure yeah. out the money aspect of it. Yeah. But I think the Warriors did it perfectly where they had three players that were kind of in the middle of their rookie deals and they had just signed extensions. So like, that was kind of interesting to me. And that was, I think where, what some team could do with Booker is what the Warriors essentially did with KD.
0: Yeah, man. Um, Devin Booker is a very interesting player. What can happen. I totally feel he's going to get – I feel he's going to ask for a trade. I just can't see him staying there. Um, and I feel like – I just feel like the, if he goes to Dallas, oh, my gosh. Oh, Dallas, my gosh.
1: That's ridiculous. Like, I can see that That would happen. be insane.
0: Yeah, I can see that happen with Dallas. I can see him going to the Nets. It, like, that's going to be insane.
1: Yeah. Even the Rockets,
0: man. If he ends up on the Rockets, like, ah, gosh. Like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about Giannis. What's Giannis going to do? and You know, and even over here. I mean, we're he's, like, an- he's another player. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, we're like, Warrior fans and everybody over here, we're just like, is he going to be over here? But I don't know. I, I don't know any pieces we have to trade him. And I don't see us ever trading like Clay. That's like the only reasonable thing. Draymond's not even a close trade. That doesn't even make sense.
1: Um, After next season, there's like an insane list of free agents. Giannis is on that list. And yeah. like it's it's – I, th- I think the league is going to be completely different in yeah. two years from now because I think either Giannis is going to stay with the Bucs or the, com- the NBA is going to be completely turned on his head and he's going to go somewhere. And then that's going to be the next team that goes on to be the next Warriors, essentially.
0: Yeah, dude. After next season will be <sighs> – oh, man. I, it's, that's crazy to even think about. Like, if Giannis stays with the Bucks another year, and like, I just keep thinking like somebody has to team up with Luca. Kristoff is Christoph is doing good, but man, could you imagine Luca and Giannis? Oh my god! Oh my God, like, that's, that's just, ridiculous. That's a, that's just crazy right there, Luca Giannis. It is crazy.
1: Luka,
0: I don't know, like that. But and, and the thing oh is, it we can We already seen this happen. It's not like oh that can't happen. Like no, it can. You know, teams can make things happen to where they can get the right pieces. You know, you got Anthony Davis in LA. Yeah. You know, you had Kevin Durant come to Golden State. You know, like it can happen. So it's wild, man. You can figure out
1: a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in yeah. Terms I think of the- also. Oh, go ahead. Go. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say with the Suns, I also think that there's a potential that they could trade for somebody. Like they could try and get like a Giannis or somebody to come play with Booker because. Uh, Aiton is like a big man that they just drafted two years ago in 2018. That is sort of kind of panning out to be like kind of good, it, which yeah. last year he wasn't as good. They, I mean, also they had a player that they drafted from Slovakia. I think his name was, but his name was dragon bender. And yeah. if he had panned out, I think they would be in this top, Two or three Western conversation, but he he didn't, and they they did add some other players, like they added Ricky Rubio, they added Kelly Oubre, they just drafted Cam Johnson. So like they're decent enough, but the problem with the NBA is that if you don't have like a three to four superstar level players on your team, which is kind of what we've seen, which is almost every team has them that's good, you're not really going that far.
0: Yeah, you can't compete, man. It's just it's too much talent, way too much talent. So, um. Yeah, like they get a lot of slack for trading T.J. Warren, but like I don't know if T.J. Warren uh, was really balling like that though,
1: right? Like how he is now. No, I I don't. Yeah, that's the the interesting thing about T.J. Warren is like if you look at what his silver prism prices are change or char are cost, yeah. there's you can find really good players in that same price range. So like he, right, yeah, exactly. he was he was never like the phenomenal with the Suns yeah, yeah. like if he if he had played like he did now like they wouldn't have traded him so like I don't know and I don't know what he was doing during the quarantine like honestly he he could have just been shooting every day and that's why he's playing so well because other players weren't like I could see a Devin Booker or a Dame Lillard like finding a gym and playing every single day and practicing like the season was still going on and then and then a player like Zion maybe not doing that or like (laughs) other players that other players like Coming in a little bit slower and just like not really actually like players on the Nets that knew that Kyrie and Kevin Durant weren't coming back. Like I could see them just being like, "Yeah, I'm not really gonna practice because I know we're not going to the playoffs." Or well, so they're actually in the playoffs. So yeah, maybe yeah, like or, or, Orlando. Maybe <laughs> Orlando is an example. Like then like too. <laughs> so like the Kings. Let's we'll say the Kings. The, the, the Kings. Fine. <laughs> the Kings. Yeah. The, the, the only, the only, literally the only team other than the Pelicans that aren't in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like yeah. but even still like players just not really want like if they're the eight seed and they have to play the bucks if you're the magic you're just you're like not. i don't want it yeah. like we're gonna lose in four games who cares so yeah. like i could like players like booker and dame could have been in the gym putting up shots and other players probably just like eh, whatever i don't really care we'll, we'll get yeah. we'll get paid and we'll all and we'll, get paid whether we play well or not so exactly. like right. play teams that don't have a shot probably that's kind of i could see that being their mindset
0: especially the fact that you know they have to be in a bubble and they can't be with their families. They're kind of just like right. no motivation for that. That's hard. Right. That's like, exactly. I can't even imagine that. Like that, that's a conversation for sure. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, yeah. NBA is on fire with card wise and just uh, where everything that's happening, like what's, what's uh? you have any strategies you're still following with, with, with basketball or, Oh, let me tell you mine. Cause I, I want to tell you like, the good point you said with the hype was like TJ Warren's cards at a certain price and you can find a good player, like good at that same price is the things I've been telling my friends. They're like, Jason, like I'm looking at this player, you know, like he's going crazy. and He's doing this. I'm like, yeah, but also there's some good Kevin Durant cards that you could get that Kevin Durant is already proven and he's going to come back and do his thing. And I'm telling you, those cards are gonna go up. I would put that same dollars into Kevin Durant versus any any. I would say any player in the league besides like LeBron James or Kawhi or somebody. So that's like that's that's the things I've been telling my friends. Like the Kevin Durant PSA nine uh tops two card. I love that card right now. It's like two hundred eighty seven bucks. That's it. Two hundred eighty seven. You know it's gonna go up. You know Kevin Durant is gonna be Kevin Durant when he comes back. That's what I believe. Right. So
1: yeah. I mean, I think from a basketball standpoint, I, I think what's happened in this past like six months or so has, ch- I think it's changed the market essentially. Like, I yeah. think we're seeing we're seeing prices hit ranges that, I I mean, I I think if you if you were to ask anybody at the beginning of the year, what do you think a Luca price would be, like maybe Luca, you know, but over, like right? other other like <laughs> sort of like random players are just like popping off and yeah. I think you know for basketball I still think the looking into secondary products is probably the move because I like agree. prism prism is just getting too expensive and the okay. more the longer and longer we go the less and less prism is going to be open so the the yeah. more and more that's going to be out there and we're going to have more of what the actual print run is like you know there's probably a decent amount of people that just have like A couple cases of 2018 Prism that they're holding for however they're gonna they're gonna hold it until you know i don't know if you saw this in the news there was a case of 1986-87 fleer basketball which is the jordan rookie that sold for yeah case which is like i think it's i think it was 12 boxes uh and it came basically it was an unopened case and it sold for 1.79 million dollars so like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that if Luca goes on to become the next LeBron or becomes the next, like if, if if eventually one day the conversation is Jordan or Luca, like, which I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it ever will. And I'm not making that prediction that it ever will, but I think there's probably people that have unopened cases of 2018 prism that eventually one day could see those crazy prices
0: because
1: of like, because I, when 2018 prism was around and when people were buying it last year people weren't expecting the pricing the prices of it to be where it is now like crazy dude it, and tw- 2013 prism as well like 2013 prism if you listen to anybody who's been in the industry since 2013 they 2013 prism was a product that they gave away like it was a product <laughs> that they they weren't even like they, there was no premium. You weren't paying $600 a box. You were paying maybe $120 a box. And like, they were giving it away to people like left and right. Cause they couldn't get rid of it. And it's the same thing that it's the same story that happens like with the, the 20, or, I mean the 1986 Fleer, like back then you, you couldn't even give that product away. And it's similar to 2013, 2013 prison with Giannis, um, so, I think what's happened with Prism is it's become like a premium product almost. Like, it's become, it's going into the tier where you look at it and you say, I, you can't find it anywhere. And if you find it, you can't afford it. So, like, this secondary product, so like a Donruss or an Optic, like, you can still find Optic and Donruss breaks for like 40, 50 bucks. Like, you can't, yeah. like, Prism breaks, like, it's impossible. Like, you're paying for a one team, a one random team, you're probably paying like 100 to $120. Yeah. And people can't afford that. So, yeah. like for me, I think it's that secondary tier. And the one thing with these basketball prices that's really led me to yeah. shift my energy of like researching is baseball a little bit because Based on the I price, think yeah. I think it's the pricing of it. Like, because the research that I've done is basically I'll compare Luca and um, and uh, Acuna like, because they're yeah, both yeah. from they're 2018. Like the the they both player. have the same kind of like. Yeah, they're both a similar player. They both have a similar population report for their rookie card. Both the same year, kind of both the same sort of like they could be the next face of the league. And you can buy a, you can buy an Acuna probably now for like three hundred dollars for a PSA ten, where the Lucas are two thousand. Like, and I understand like when when the thing with baseball is it's a little bit more confusing and there's like way more products like. If you were to, if someone's coming into the hobby and they're a basketball fan and a baseball fan, and you were to say, Hey, what Luca car should I go get? You say, go get the 2018 Panini Prism Luca. That's going to be his best rookie card. If you were to say that for baseball, there's like four or five different options where they're all probably good choices, but like you could choose bank, any of right. them and you'll see yeah. similar returns. Like you could go with like the Bowman Chrome card, or you could go with like the Topps Chrome card, or you could go with like the Topps regular rookie. And now there's also like heritage and there's also, there's tons of other products. And that's sort of what I've been looking into a little bit more is baseball also just cause it's like back sort of. And it's also, it's always been my like bread and butter sort of when it comes to like where I started, I started in baseball I kind of learned the whole market for baseball before I got into basketball. So like I understand the cards within the market, maybe the same as I do with basketball, but with baseball and basketball, it feels like there's more of a variation of cards you can get for any, any, any player basically. So that's sort of what I've been doing recently. And I haven't really been buying as much recently. Like I'll buy cards here and there, but like if I see an opportunity to buy, I will, but like, it's, I'm not like actively buying, I guess. And I think that's maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit different for people in the industry. Cause I also think, you know, I, I actually came up with this concept today. Like if you're buying sports cards and you're buying them to make money, I think you should do a couple things. You should, you should set your budget and then you should like make sure you're keeping track of all the money that you're putting in and then yeah. keep track of all the money that you're getting back. But I also think that, you know, you should have a little bit of fun with it and you should put like a five to 10% of whatever your budget is into just like a Friday night, Saturday night, maybe you've had a couple of beers or you had a couple of whiskeys or bourbons or whatever you drink. And just like, I don't know, buy whatever, buy something. Cause you like it. It's, it's, I think, I, I think that is a fun way to kind of, break up like the minutiae of just like looking at spreadsheets and like trying to find the best card for the best price. Like if you see yeah. something that's just like fun, just like don't go crazy. And if your budget's $500, don't spend $400 on this card, but like maybe spend yeah. like 20, 30 bucks on a couple cards that look cool. Like on a Friday or Saturday night, if you've like been, you went out to dinner or something and now you're just chilling, watching TV, like, spend a little bit of money on stuff that maybe either a PC or like maybe you don't think will have that much of a return, but like, you never know, like that card could eventually be like one that you made a lot of money on. And you never know, but it's like, I think it's just, you can have fun that way. And it's something that I, I think I want to try and maybe make this concept more of a thing because for me, at least I definitely can find myself, it's I like researching the cards but maybe not necessarily having as much fun buying stuff because I'll do a lot of research and then I won't I won't buy stuff because I like it I would buy stuff because or not not that I don't like it but I'll buy stuff more from the aspect of that I think it can make money and it's something that I like and not just something that I like I think that's kind of where where I'm at sort of in the sports card realm other than making content because I mean the content stuff is that's an everyday 24 7 365 type of thing so that's 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 kind of the buying i'm trying to mix in the two but at sometimes it's just making content it's just how it goes
0: yeah making content's fun i mean i i enjoy it i enjoy it. i'm sure you enjoy it too you
1: know know, totally. there's
0: always something to talk about there's always an angle to go and um, like i'm the same way man like i'm stretched with investing like i can't put another dollar in like i i'm good and like every day i'm thinking about you know like i'm looking at how things have grown and my mind just explodes i can't believe it i'm like really like if I was to sell that right now I'd make that much money is insane to me because I've never seen that in my life yeah. with anything no ever same seen. I mean totally so, same it's like I can't believe it and then so it's like then I then I like I'm I'm, I'm like doing a new strategy like okay now I, can, I'm, I probably should sit on this one a little longer or maybe I I should try to take a little bit of this Trey Young's maybe try to get some Kevin Durant's like it's it's I'm doing stuff like that and I'm, I'm, and I'm just curiously looking at stuff because I want to know, and I just want to be able to, you know, at least tell other people like, if I if I was getting a car, I'm telling you this is the car that I would get. This is the car that I would get.
1: That's what totally. I've been doing,
0: like with like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Is like that second tier strategy you say? I Man, I've been preaching that like like crazy. Like guys, like PS, these PSA tens out here are just wild. Like they're just like
1: yeah, and a PSA a PSA nine. And I, I know people have been on this wave for a little bit. Like PSA nines are they're still really good like yeah. granted yeah. they're not P- they're not PSA 10s but like yeah. a PSA 9 is still like you can find or even or BGS 95 like you can yeah. find these cards for significantly less and they're still yeah. like it's still like think about this like if you if if you're taking a test in school and you get a 90 or 100 you still got an a like even though it might be an a minus you still got an a so like i think the psa 9 is a is a movement that i have seen across kind of social media and i think it's also like you said i think it's i think it's a lot of people doing stuff that's similar to what i'm talking about where they're just trying to they they don't want to spend the money on the psa 10 they'd rather spend less money on a psa 9 if they think maybe maybe the PSA 9 is undervalued, and maybe if the the pricing of the PSA 10 compared to the 9 maybe should be a little bit closer.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why I told my friend when we were sitting in SoCal, I visited a friend, and he's like, he's one of the guys I talked to early. I was like, dude, get a card. Like, I'm telling you, man, start getting in, start getting in. He did it, but I'm like, it's okay. Like, look at it this way now. There's PSA 9s. There's a PSA 8. Like, if you look at, and I just tell them, like, if you look at the history of a one card and what that PSA 9 did following the PSA 10, this is going to happen over here. Like, I'm telling you, like, get this PSA 9, sit on it all next year. I'll get this PSA 8, put your $80 in. It's not going to grow crazy like a 10, but it's going to profit. You're not going to lose money. You're going to make money right. either way. Totally. Like, you're going to do fine. So, man, I've been telling, and I'm telling, like, I'm telling people to sell their shoes. Like, people got, if you don't have money, and I get that you don't have money, but you want to get a card. Like, I, I know people that have two hundred dollars shoes that are just sitting there. And I get it. You like your fashion. I'm like you're gonna make four x, three x of what those shoes are worth. Totally. And you could and you can go back
1: and buy the shoes again if you really. Oh uh, like yeah, that dude. exactly, exact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Man, like, I'm like, granted, the granted there are shoes like if you have like a, a red October Yeezys, like those ones are those ones have probably gone up in value. But at the same time, it's like. And that may be an extreme example, like, cause those are super yeah, yeah. rare, but like, if you have like a pair of like random Jordan, whatever is yeah. like a fours or twos or ones, and, and they're just like, you're not, you never wear them. Like you just said, I think it's, I think those aren't going up in price as much as like cards. So like yeah. you, c- you could, and great, I did know the other crazy thing is like the market has grown so quickly that I don't think I was not prepared for this. Like, like yeah. I was selling, I sold cards in March and I sold cards in May. And it's different, right? it's, it's, it's made so it out, like, crazy. it's so crazy. Like yeah. now when the yeah. pandemic kind of hit, I was sort of thinking in my head, like, I want to at least be prepared if like, if, if, stuff really goes down. So I sold one of my Kobe PSA 10s that I had uh-huh. one of the Kobe for $600 mm-hmm yeah that's like a five to six thousand dollar card now so like that oh. that one hurts that one definitely hurts but at Ooh. the same time i i was i was nervous back then and it helped me be not nervous so i think the i don't, I don't mind, know right? i'm i'm really it's it's hard for me to just i'm in my head i can't think like i can't keep thinking about it but i do and like <laughs> it it's you know it's unfortunate but I guess it helped me back then would give me a little peace of mind to know that I wasn't, yeah. uh, I, I wasn't going to be over leveraged, I guess. That was kind of one of the things that I was a little bit nervous about. I had a lot of my like money tied up in sports cards and I still had a job. And like, so I was, I was thinking like at that time in March, like, and it's still, it's like the the job, I'm not, it's not, it's still there. Like, obviously yeah. like, so the income from the job is still there. So I don't have to really worry about that, but like, back then in March, it was like, there was, it was like 20% unemployment. So I'm like, okay, uh, there's two people that live in this apartment. If it's 20% that knocks that down to the, it's, it's a 20% chance for either of us. It's a 50% chance of either of us based off the numbers. I now granted, I don't, that's obviously didn't play out, but in my head, that's how I justified it essentially was like, I would rather be set now because and like I said, I don't think anyone expected this to be what the market was going to be like no one expected that we were going to have a global virus that was going to not, that was going to shut down the hall of fame ceremony. So like that was one, like even, and then even, so another example would be like, um, like Mbappe, a soccer player. I was buying, I was buying his (laughs) rookie cards last summer raw for $3 a piece and PSA 10s for $40 a piece. That card just hit 2k and it's, it's so it's hard. And I believe in Mbappe more than I believe in any, like also granted, like at this point, I mean, I've a a million X to my investment on him. So like, it's not even, it's, it's hard to even look at it and say, if I sell it now, what, then what, like, then I don't have the card, but at the same time, it's like, I only put $40 into one of the PSA 10s and now it's worth $2,000. Like it's, it's, it just doesn't, it's, it blows my mind. It's insane.
0: It's, that's crazy, man. Did I'm wondering because I was listening. <laughs> I have to ask you because I was listening to uh, this podcast Gary Vee did. It might be be with that Bleacher Report guy. It might be. Um, he did a podcast with him about sports cards, and then he said, "He said, yeah, I was talking to this guy or 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 a friend. He said he sold a card too early. He's like, you just you can't be sad. You can't be sad. I wonder if that's."
1: That's you. I don't think, I don't think it was, but I have been very vocal about like when I've been selling, like on the podcast, like there's been like, I think two or three periods since March when I have been selling and on the podcast, I'll talk about it. Like I yeah. also, another card that I sold that I'm that has doubled since I sold it. I sold the silver Mbappe PSA 10 that I bought for a hundred dollars right. and and I sold it for 2500 So at the time I was like $2,500. Like that's, okay. that's the craziest yeah. thing ever. But yeah. now it's like, now that was another one. That's like a four to $5,000 card. And, you know, at the time I justified it. And I said, well, this is, if, if, if I, you need to, the, the thing with these higher end cards, and I think now it's honestly gotten a little bit crazier. So these higher end cards, there's more people who are buying the higher end cards because they're, because of what that, and I think it's the market itself has kind of, Grown, it's, it, the hold on. It's the I'm trying to think of the exact example here. The market, the the market for higher end cards is there because people bought in way cheaper, and now they're selling they're selling cards for more, and they're buying cards for more. So like the the Luca for 2K. There's people who are buying Luca for 2K who bought it at you know, granted, they, they, they could have even bought it for a 1000, and they sold it for 1500. And now they're buying it back at 2k. Like, there's people that are probably doing that. But there's also just people who bought Luca for, there's people who bought Luca for 50 $60. And they sold it at 1500. And now they're going out and buying a Devin Booker or they're buying whoever, but it's because the market has grown is why I think the higher end cards and I think 2000 is becoming a higher end. But at the same time, it's like the market that's kind of the floor sort of so like that Mbappe card at the time I was saying to myself well I need someone to pay me $2,500 for this card how many people are buying cards for $2,500 obviously with Luca getting up to 2,000 there's way more and now the floor is kind of continuing to rise I guess that's one way to put it yeah man and like like you said none of us see the future there's no way we would have known Luca's. like I didn't expect Luka to
0: hit 2,000 before playoffs or even this year like that's like I put a post up today on my Instagram stories of a screen of a screenshot of I put in January. I was like, guys, Luca's at 225. They're going to go up to 500. Like that's my, that was my projection. They're going to reach $500 guys. You better get them now so you can buy four of them and then make an $800 profit. If you resell it. Dude, I, there's no way I was going to type Luca is going to be $2,000 by, by August. That's just crazy, dude. I
1: did not. Yeah. Same thing with I my was, Same yeah, exactly like I was looking, looking, dude, crazy yeah it like, I was looking back at some of my old posts and I found a post where I was talking about Lucas for $80 and yeah. PSA 9s for $20 and <laughs> that, was so like, that was like that was like September of last year it's like, it's it's, like a fairy it's, tale now. <laughs> it's yeah it, yeah and I even I just put I reposted the post on my Instagram story and I just said imagine yeah. because it's like it's. It doesn't even seem. It doesn't. It's not even like a realistic thing that you can. It's, yeah. it's, it's how do, How are you gonna tell somebody in September of 2018 this card is gonna be worth two thousand dollars come August of next year? Like,
0: there's no way. No
1: way. Like no way. Like I just yeah. couldn't. And and so there's no way to predict it. I, and I don't. I don't even think we're really done. I think the the market is gonna continue. Is gonna continue to do maybe not grow at the rate that it has or maybe it will like who knows at this point knows, like right? who knows yeah i i was laughing because i was looking
0: at a trey young post i said in three years trey young cards will be like three hundred dollars i said
1: in three years it's a good call
0: <laughs> yeah I, like i was comfortable i was like cool i'm gonna sit on this for three years i'm gonna have some 300 dollars cards it's good. yeah at totally man like yeah that's it's crazy what the heck and um yeah, just from, like, what I just 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 listened to people that that's, that was part of that first wave, that 87-93 year and what they're seeing now, they're just, like, they're just, like, I've never seen anything like this. I can't see it slowing down. And, like, I think they're sustainable players that are just – what makes me happy about Trey Young is that he's not in the playoffs, but his cards are still growing. That makes me so happy because they're probably looking at Trey. They're, like, man, there's another player. They're, like, because Devin – or they're looking at Devin – they're like look at Devin like there's some other player like that somewhere I think they see that same thing
1: with Trey so that makes me that makes me happy yeah me totally happy. yeah I mean I think that's I think there was also some rumors about a second bubble that was going to happen with like the Warriors and like Atlanta and the teams that didn't make the original one I think they were just like nah we're good yeah, I don't, I don't we, do we don't we yeah. don't really want to do that yeah the players are like for what right like yeah rather yeah right with, exactly right to be with my family man so. yeah totally yeah or like yeah Steph Curry's like um oh go to Chicago no I'm good I'll stay in I'll stay in Oakland I'm good in exactly. the Golden state like I'm good <laughs> yeah that it you still
0: get paid the same
1: check it's cool
0: right so yeah man but yeah things have been crazy um I know baseball's back in the swing of things Aaron Judge was a guy that like, you made a post about Aaron Judge I was that, like that's another card I was like if I had a thousand dollars, I'd buy so many Aaron Judges, and his his cards are going up. There's, I'm sure there's other players. I don't follow baseball too close, but like just just from this first ten months, man, of, of investing has taught me a lot about being aggressive, watching trends, really doing research, and you kind of just get an eye for them. I know I know your eye is really good. Like your eye is just like, yep, that card. Yep, this is gonna happen. Like that's that's what I feel like is happening with me in a lot of cases. So. Totally. Yeah. Cause I was
1: the re I was looking back at old posts to see if I had talked about this card because it's sort of blowing up a little bit. Uh, last summer I was looking into tennis cards, which this sounds good. insane at the time. You're good about golf. Yeah. Too. Yeah. At the, at the time I remember, I remember I was at work and my coworkers knew that I was into cards and I was looking up Serena, Serena Williams cards. And I, at, at the time they were like, I, I was like, Or no, no. They were like, what are you, what are you looking at? I was like, Oh, I'm looking at tennis cards and like tennis cards. Like, what are you (laughs) even like? There's tennis cards. And I'm just like, I think, I don't know. I think this cards have some good possibilities. So I bought like, and then in February is when I actually pulled the trigger on a few of them. I bought a couple for like a, I think it was like a dollar or a little bit less than a dollar. And now -hmm. they're sitting at like three fifty for like the bra card. So like, that's where I was looking. I was looking to see if I had predicted that card. I know I talked about it on the podcast, but I just wanna I wanna be able to make sure that if when if people start talking about tennis cards, I want them to know that I was on tennis cards in <laughs> September of oh, last got, year. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was on I was on Serena Williams cards in last year. Last 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 summer.
0: That's wild, dude. I was looking to see,
1: man, I was looking to see if there was WNBA cards, but I couldn't see. I couldn't find there anything. are WNBA cards. That's an interesting topic that you brought up there's a prism set that's coming out the first ever prism sets coming out in what? a couple weeks and uh sabrina ias ias ioska i think yeah, how you pronounce her last name you yeah. know she is she was like training with kobe um yeah she yeah, was yeah. probably she has the best stats of any WNBA college athlete like in college and, you know, I think that that's a player that's a WNBA player that I'm probably going to be picking up now. Me I don't too. know what the boxes are going to be costing. That may be an issue. I don't know what the cards are going to be cost or what they're going to cost. But there are some, like, Optic and Don Russ cards from last year. Um, now, a WNBA player I did pick up was actually Becky Hammond, who huh. is a coach for – she's right? a assistant coach for the Spurs – And she's basically lining herself up to become the first female coach of a major four professional sports team in the history of sports. So Mm. like for me, I would like, she has cards from like 2003, I think. So I bought a couple of them like last winter or like over this last winter. Um, So like, that's another player that I think, or WNBA player that I was interested in that I bought some cards of. but I think WNBA cards. Yes, that's me. And then actually one of my other buddies, Jake, he, um, I got him into sports cards and I think I created a monster because he texts me all the time. He's like, I've been looking at this. Like, what, what do you think of this? And, he, and then WNBA he's like, I want to buy a bunch of WNBA boxes. I'm, like, I'm so on the same page with you because like when they said prism set was coming out, that, it's going to be huge. It's going to be a monster set. And I think her Sabrina's cards are going to be like, she's going to be like the Luca of the WNBA. So like, yeah, that's it. That's, I mean, that's so when you said WNBA, I was like, yep. To 100% on that train.
0: Man, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, cause I just remember when I was doing like when I was listening to podcasts early, early last year, I was like, they were talking about U.S. soccer, um, women's women's soccer cards, and like nobody was on them until they won that World Cup, and then they had a good, a good spurt in the prices and the cards. And I was like, like I need to look at some WNBA because they got this girl Sabrina who's a baller. She hurt her ankle, so she's out for the season. Yeah. So like but... that was
1: unfortunate, but but also like the Liberty, you're like terrible. So they're going to need to, I don't, I don't follow the WNBA that much. I do bet on the WNBA because it's, it's sort of easy. Like uh, the favorites win a lot of the time. So like I follow it from a betting standpoint and I follow it because of Sabrina, but like, and I just know the Liberty, like, haven't won a game since the restart so they're not very good but you know i don't know like maybe maybe they get another player that's good and then now they're now it's like a penny penny and shack situation with sabrina and some other player or something like that
0: exactly and she
1: wins wins the title you know got a really good card <laughs> definitely
0: man that's crazy that's crazy Well, how am i gonna get, get ready for a training man uh it's always fun talking with you i learned so much from you man and um for sure i always appreciate your time and I know you could talk card sports, all this for days. So um, yeah, man, we'll do this again. Like, I don't know what, what we'll be talking about, you know, the next time we connect two months, three months on a podcast. Like I don't, it's going to be
1: crazy, whatever it is. So
0: thanks for your time, man.
1: Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Adam, I'll catch you later, man. Yep. Sounds good.
0: All right. Bye. Hey, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you got anything out of this, please subscribe to Apple and Spotify and share it. Share it and um, hopefully somebody else can get value out of this too. Thank you so much.